Man, thank you, Jared, for sharing. What a powerful story. Isn't that crazy? Cell phone falls in the toilet. Eighth grade, I think you said. And then a long time later, here comes a check. Now, how do you explain that, God? That's how you explain that. It's how God works. And I want to tell you today, we're, we've been in this series, Paradise, and, and we're talking about you and I living our best, not our worst, our best life ever. Like, how, how does that happen? How do you get to live your best life ever? How does that happen? What happens when, when we surrender our finances to God and say, God, we understand it's not really about the money. It's about us trusting you. It's about us trusting you. I've told this story, and I'll probably keep telling it, but I took my nieces out. Some of you have never heard this. I took my nieces out, and uh, I was so excited to take them out. I didn't get to see them a lot. I just got to see them um, just a few days ago. And uh, thank you all for your prayers for my dad. He's doing great. The, the nurses and doctors are blown away that he is not in incredible pain once the nerve block was removed. Um, he had no pain. That's crazy. After the surgeon saying it was a major surgery, his kneecap was over here. And um, it was, it's been like that for a long time. So thank you for your prayers. And it was so good to be with family for just a few quick days and, and be there for them. But uh, I was reminded when I saw my nieces going into this message that they taught me, God taught me a valuable lesson with them. I, I took them to Chuck E. Cheese and I took $100 and got coins, tokens. That's a lot of tokens. And uh, my goal was to be their favorite uncle. And so I was just going to try to manipulate them early in the game. And uh, so I took them there and it was me and them. And uh, I think uh, Gabby was four and Angel was somewhere around seven. And so we take him there, and I'm like, man, we're going to have a blast. We're not leaving. We're not leaving until we want to leave, until we're tired. And uh, we get in there, man, we start playing the games. And they give you the little cups. You know what I'm talking about, little bit of cups. But I had this big, like, bucket, you can imagine, $100 worth of tokens. And so shortly as we began playing, the pizza was ready. And so, oh, I know, we're going to play. I promise you, we'll be here all day. Let's go back to the table. Let's sit down. And excuse me, we get ready to, to pray. And as we get ready to pray, I notice that Gabby, the four-year-old, is clenching her fist ever so tight, white-knuckled, and she's got about five tokens in her fist. And I said to her, I said, hey, Gabby, let me have, your, let me have the tokens so we can eat. Let's get some hand sanitizer, and then we're going to, you know you need that, right, at Chuck E. Cheese. And, and I said, and then we're going to eat, and then we'll go play again. And she just looked at me like, she looked at me like, mm-mm, come on. And all of a sudden, it was a battle. Why? Because she didn't trust me. She didn't trust me even though I was the one that gave her the four tokens, and I was the one that had a bucket of $99 worth of tokens waiting on just her and her sister. Are you with me? So many times, the way we approach our finances is the same way. We do this with our finances because we think, we think that we... we I need this. I kind of have this. And what happens is instead of in God we trust on our money, it's in our money we trust. And we do this when God says, if you would just do this with the three or four things you have in your hand, then I could take the bucket and pour a whole lot more in your hand. Are you with me? Now, why do you want to listen to the message today? I want to just pique your interest today. I'm going to say something I've never said, but I believe it with all my heart. 
And I'm not just preaching a prosperity gospel. I, I understand that um, I understand that people have prostituted this and manipulated God for their gain. Like in the 80s, I heard about a preacher who his dog had an air conditioning doghouse. And he was making like crazy and, you know, selling prayer hankies, this and that. And he was just, you know, do I believe God can even bless a pastor? Yes. Do I believe lawyers and doctors, you know, only should live in nice houses and and other people shouldn't? No. Do I believe that God will bless me in different ways? Yes. But do I also believe, do I also believe that there have been people who have manipulated and have broken trust with God's people? Do I believe that? Yes. And so today this message is critical because there are people out there today. There are people here today. There are people watching online. Some of you in Navarre, you know what I'm talking about. There are people all over the world tuning in right now. And the truth is you are doing this with three or four and you are self-sabotaging your finances. In other words, there could be millionaires sitting in the room, but God's never going to bless you with a million dollars when he can't trust you with less. Did you hear what I said? And so you want to hear this today. How many of you would like God to supernaturally bless and multiply your finances? Okay. The first was an intelligence question. Don't you want God to bless your finances? I want God to bless my finances. By the way, God has blessed my finances. Last, uh, last week, right before I flew out, we come home and had a $30 check from, uh, I think it was the electric company. We had not overpaid, but for some reason, they wanted to give us $30. We checked, the, we're, we're right on target. We paid all our bills, but here's $30. Um, last week, last week, uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you just trust God, God will trust you. Last week, um, we're faithful every week. My wife and I, I say this up front, um, don't go around bragging about what we give, but I want you to know I would never ask you to do something I'm not willing to do. So in my job description that I wrote for myself when we had nobody but me and my kids and my wife and Frankie, I said from day one, I will tie 20%. You know, it's funny. Someone walked up to me last week and said, here's $200. This is for you and your family. For Christmas, someone else came over to our house and said, here's four hundred dollars for your children for Christmas. A neighbor, a neighbor. Do your neighbors do that? What if they could? What if you could have God hover over your finances and bless you every time you woke up and every time you went to bed? What if God, what if God doesn't want your money? What if God really wanted your trust? That's where we're at today. So um, real quick, don't want to spend a lot of time here. But today, um, um, the, I, want, I want to talk to you about number one. Who's number one? Who's number one when it comes to your finances? Now, we've been talking about debt, and people are, yeah, that's good. But today, I'm going to talk about the tithe. And people don't get as excited when you talk about the tithe. Why? Because they live in disobedience. And I'm not angry, but I'm going to give the truth today. Have you ever given your kids medicine and they didn't want it, but they needed it? Did you ever give them more than one spoonful because you knew if you didn't, they were going to stay sick? And they cried, boy, I'm telling you, our kids, man, it's a circus. 
It's, <laughs> it's a circus. You, you go to give them medicine. Oh, no. Ah, it's, I don't want that nasty taste of stuff, you know. And I probably did the same thing. How many know what I'm talking about? You got kids, all right? You with me? But how many know that what you're giving them is good for them? How many know that as your pastor, God not only called me to be nice to you, but God called me to be good to you and good for you. So today, I'm going to serve some medicine. Is that okay? I'm going to do it with a happy heart. And if you will listen, if you have ears to hear today, and then if you will obey, you will be a story on the video saying, this craziest thing, eighth grade dropped a cell phone and he sent me money back. It wasn't the next day. And then grandma's check came in and this crazy. Why? Because God will bless you if you trust him. Turn to somebody. Say, are you ready for God to bless you? Now look at my ball to eyeball and say, do you trust him? I want to talk to you about number one today. I want you to say this with me. God must be first. Say it with me. God must be first. God doesn't come in second place he never has god never loses god is a winner i read the back of the book and we win did you hear that navar we win we're winners we're not losers we are the head and not the tail that's in the bible you ought to speak that over your children give them a good healthy health healthy self-image you're the head not the tail you're a winner not a loser you're an overcomer You're a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're not a loser. You're not a victim. I'm just going to preach today. Number one. Now, there were some football games yesterday, and I heard FSU won. So, so, you know, every... Everybody's like, who's number one? And it's coming out today. And, and the committee's been in Grapevine, Texas. And they're going to come out, right? They're going to come out with the first, second, third, and fourth teams. And we're wondering, man, who's number one? And at the end of the, at the, end of the whole thing, who will number one be? Who will number one be? Well, that's the title of my message today is number one. And God wants to be number one. And then in the SEC, I think the SEC championship was yesterday. And I heard that... Uh, I heard Alabama won. I'm not an Alabama fan, but I heard they won. All right. So we got to cut it there. We'll be singing. Maybe we, for some of you, I get it. For some of y'all, that's your favorite hymn. I get it. I get it. When, when the Vols win the championship, we'll be singing uh, Rocky Top. But I want to talk to you today, and I need you to stay with me because I'm going to teach today. And we're going to go over a lot of verses. So I want you to do this. I want you to get your phones out. And I don't want you to surf the web. I don't want you to like Facebook. I don't want you to tweet. I want you to take notes. Because whenever God gives truth, Satan always comes back with a lie. So you need to take notes today. God told Adam and Eve something. He gave them truth. And then Satan came back with a lie. Did God say? And he planted doubt in their mind. And Satan will come back. And you're going to be convicted in this message. How do I know that? Because in America, 12% of Christians tithe. And I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. I love that song. I love that. That's one of my favorites. 
And the only words I know to that song are Feliz Navidad. That's all I know. No, 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 no. Feliz Navidad. No, 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 no. Exodus 21 through 3. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. We're going to pick up and I'm going to talk like a preacher who's preaching fast. Are you with me? You need to write these verses down. Exodus 21 through 3. This is the Ten Commandments that God gave to his people not to burden them, but to free them. He said things like, do not murder. He said things like, do not commit adultery. Not because he was trying to make our life miserable, but he knew how bad it would hurt if your best friend slept with your wife. So God always trying to protect. By the way, these are the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. Verse 1, then God spake all these words. Verse 2, I am, that's Jehovah, I am the Lord your God who has brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Who brought him out? God brought him out. Verse 3, you shall have no other gods before or beside me. In other words, I'm number one. Somebody say I'm number one. You shall not make yourself any graven image to worship or likeness of anything that is in the heavens above, that's in the earth beneath, or in the water underneath. For those of us that don't understand that, what he's saying is don't worship the dollar, don't worship your mansion, don't worship your house, don't worship your boat or your sports car. Beside, I am God and beside me there is no other. Do not have another God beside me. Do not have another God before me. Don't worship your wife. Don't worship your husband. Don't worship your children. Don't worship your job. Don't worship your income because money has wings and flies away. Are you with me today? He says, don't bow down yourself to them. Don't serve them. And then he says, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But showing mercy and steadfast love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. What hangs in the balance of the message today might be a thousand generations. Might be. I want to teach you today what's known as the principle of the firstborn. It's also known as the principle of the first fruits. It's also the teaching of tithe. And I understand if Satan has ever planted doubt in America and even probably in the world, but we're probably struggling worse than other places in the world. It's when it comes to the teaching of the tithe. People say things like, we don't need to tithe anymore. That was under the law. We don't need to tithe. God, we don't need to do that. I don't believe in that. I'm a good Christian, and I do things, and you know, I don't believe in tithing. And, and so there's confusion. There have been people who have hijacked and people who have prostituted and leveraged God for their financial gain. And you know what the Bible says? God says, I'll deal with those kind of people. How many know that God knows how to deal with those kind of people? How many know that you don't need to worry when you give your money? Well, I just don't know where the money is going to. You don't, you don't have to do that. We have nothing to hide. You don't have to worry. God didn't call you to be a worrier about your money. It's not your money. It's God's money. God gave you breath. God blessed you with every good thing. It comes from above. And he gives and he can take away. Did you hear what I said? The job that you're resting in today might not be there tomorrow. But God never changes. So we trust not some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Some trust in their military might, some trust in their government, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Are you with me? We don't trust in that. We trust in God. I want to teach you these principles. And the truth is, here's the truth. 
I just told the Lord, Lord, I surrender. I know that's not a popular message, but you know what? God didn't call me to be popular. God called me to be faithful. And I'm going to do as much as I can. I, could, I, I got some notes to cover today, and I'm going to stop on time. And if I need to preach on it next Sunday because I didn't finish it, y'all just come back, and we're going to get some more of it. If it goes to the 21st, I've got, I've got six pages here, and I'm going to teach you truth. Because for too long, the Christian church has been impotent when God called us to be victorious. And we're impotent because we have either don't know the truth or we know the truth, but we don't believe it. If we believed it, we would act on it. And what hangs in the balance is God's mission and his vision. Are you with me? So I want to teach you today about the principle. Let's go to the principle of the firstborn. Exodus 13, 1 through 2. Put it on the screen, please. Exodus 13, 1 through 2. This is the dedication of the firstborn. Then the Lord said to Moshe, to Moses, dedicate. Someone say dedicate. Dedicate to me every, not some, not one. Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. These were his people. Today we could say among the church. He's saying dedicate the firstborn. And notice this. The first. You see that word on the screen? You see how it's pink? The first offspring to be born of both humans and animal. What's the next three words? Say it with me. Belongs to me. Jesus says I'm number one. God says I'm number one. And the first is mine. The first belongs to me. This is known as the principle of the firstborn. A principle. This is a teaching. This is all through scripture. The firstborn. The firstborn. Now I want to explain something to you real quick. In, since Adam and Eve sinned, you remember? God had to take a lamb, had to slit its throat, and that blood all of a sudden was shed for their sin. And then he took the lamb, they, they had taken grass and all kinds of stuff and sewn it together because they sinned. They were naked. They were afraid. They hid. God says, where are you? Not like, where are you? I can't find you. Like, where are you? Like, what happened? And then they sin, and, and um, God, God says to them, he says, now this, this sheep is going to die, and I'm going to shed its blood for you. And this, from here on out, there will be bloodshed for forgiveness of sins. Are you with me? So then was instituted priest, and priests would come in, and for the sins of the people, they would sacrifice, and families would sacrifice, and then a priest would sacrifice for the nation spotless lambs. Now, the first belongs to God. Say it with me. The first belongs to God. So if you had, if you had, you, 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 you had your first lamb come out, God said that lamb had to be sacrificed. God said, give me, give me your first. Why? Because it requires, that's what faith is. Faith is acting when you don't know what's going to happen next. Faith is believing God in the moment that, okay, God, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give you the first of my money when you're not sure you have enough money to pay golf power. That's called faith. And without faith, it's impossible. Someone say impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith meant that the very first had to be sacrificed or it had to be redeemed. If they had a baby donkey, that was known as an unclean animal. So the donkey would be redeemed 
They would not kill the donkey. They would redeem it. Now, now I get this, okay? This, we're talking about the culture, this culture here, but the principle is the principle of the firstborn. Somebody say, we're, uh, just hang with me. So they had, they had their first sheep. They had their first little baby lamb. God said, give it to me. Sacrifice it. Prove to me that you trust me, that I am a God who loves you, and I am a good God, and I will abundantly bless you. So give me the first, and by giving me the first, you are proving to me by faith that you can be trusted with the rest. They didn't know that that baby lamb, might, they, they didn't know if that's the only one they would have. What if this poor little family only had two sheep, male and female? They give the first to God, and they're like, but that's, that was their money. That was their income. That baby lamb was moolah. But they said, God, we will trust you with this and believe you that the first redeems the rest. Write that down. The first redeems the rest. So the first had to be sacrificed. A clean animal was a sheep. So that clean animal had to be sacrificed. If it was an unclean animal, the unclean had to be redeemed. So the, get this, the unclean had to be redeemed by the clean. Now track with me just for a minute. I read this book years ago by Robert Morris. You ought to get it. It's called The Blessed Life in 2007 was a game changer for me. Thank God for Robert Morris, Pastor Morris teaching on this. But 2,000 years ago, there was a Lamb of God that was clean. That was sacrificed because I was unclean. You were unclean. So the clean, the first, we'll get to that firstborn in a minute, but the first... The clean had to be sacrificed for the unclean. How many are with me so far? Are you with me? The first belonged to God. Jesus was God's firstborn. He was his first begotten. Are you with me? So here we see the principle of the first belongs to God, number one. And number two, that the clean had to be sacrificed and the unclean had to be redeemed. That's how you and I get redeemed is because Jesus was the first. In other words, what I'm trying to say today is Jesus was God's tithe. God gave us Jesus before he saw us put our faith and trust in him. Jesus was God's tithe. Let's go and let's think about Isaac. Isaac and Sarah, they're really, really old. They're really old. And, and Isaac is getting... To the point where he's like, God promised me. God made a promise. Listen, God never, never will lie to you. If God says something, mark it down. It's going to happen. Even when it looks like there ain't no way, it's going to happen. His wife, Sarah, was getting old. He was old. They weren't having any children. And so him and his wife kind of talked. And she's like, they kind of came up with this plan. Okay, why don't you go over here? And, uh, and, and one of the maids, why don't you go over there and have relations with her? And then, okay, so younger girl, here it is. She gives birth. But that wasn't God's way. That was their way. So long story short, God tells them you're going to have a baby. And Sarah laughs. So the firstborn was named Isaac, which means laughter. Because God heard her laugh in disbelief. And what does God do to Abraham? God tells Abraham, sacrifice Isaac. Give me your first. 
your first. Why? Because the first belongs to God. So here he is, and little son Isaac's coming, and he's got the wood, and he's got all the stuff, and he gets up there, and he says, Dad, we got the fire, we got the wood, we got the altar, but where is the lamb? And in faith, Isaac says, God will provide a lamb. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He believed God. He acted when he had no other son or daughter. That was the way God intended it. So what did he do? He puts Isaac down there and he gets ready and he he raises the knife. And in faith, he gets ready to kill his son because that's what God told him to do. It was crazy. But God didn't want him to kill his son. God wanted to see if he would trust him with the. With his first. With his first. Would you trust me with your first? Do you trust me with your first? And then what happened? He's a father of many nations. And they're more than the sands on Pensacola Beach and and, and the sands all over the world. They're more than the stars in the sky. Why? Because he believed God and he gave the Lord. He trusted God with his first With this first. The first belongs to God. I said Jesus is God's tithe. I told you that. And I told you that God gave us Jesus first. Before we believed. Write this down. Faith puts God first. Faith puts God first. And without faith. It's impossible to please him. But with him. With faith, you can move mountains. There are people sitting here today. I love the verse. I put it when I sign. Um, I'll, I'll get a book. I'll write my name in it. And then I'll put one of my life first. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. But I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. How many know that verse? Plans to prosper you. Right? The future. To give you the future that you hope for. Listen, I want to tell you something. That's God's promise to us. But we have to believe and walk in the promise. We have to believe God. I want to explain to you real quick the principle of first fruits. So the illustration of the firstborn. The illustration of the firstborn was Jesus. There's the ultimate illustration. Another illustration of the firstborn was Isaac, another illustration, you remember in Egypt, Moses says, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. You remember that? And then all the plagues, you remember that? What was the last plague? They said, put the blood of a spotless lamb on the doorpost. Put it on a doorpost. And what did that do when the blood dripped? What did it do? It symbolized the cross. So they were saved. The firstborn was saved. And when the death angel passed over the house, if he saw the blood, the death angel would pass over that house and would not take the firstborn if they not only knew what to do, but did it. So they took the blood of this lamb, they put it on the door, on the top of the doorpost, they put it on the sides. And so today we are saved by the blood of a lamb in the form of a cross. And if they didn't do that, Then the firstborn died, and so God's people, Israel, did it. The Egyptians didn't do it, and that's why they all woke up bawling and crying. And then finally Pharaoh says, get out of here and go. Why? Because the firstborn in every house, including Pharaoh's house, died. Why? Because the first belongs to God. That's why he could do it. The firstborn. 
That's the principle. The first belongs to God. Now let's talk about another name for it. It's also known as the principle of first fruits. Exodus 23, 19. Normally, I don't give you this much scripture, but I want you to have this. I want you to write it down. Don't take my word for it. I'm not teaching a denomination, which we're not one. We're non-denominational. We're Jesus, right? I'm giving you the Bible. I'm giving you the truth of God's word. Exodus 23, 19. Here it is. As you harvest your crops, bring the very, what's the next word? Best. What's the next word, Navar? Best. Of the, what's the next word? First. So give me your best, but give me the best of the first harvest to the what? Where? To the house of the Lord your God. Momentum Church is not, we're just, this is, this is a middle school, right? Right? All right. One day when we have a building, that building will be where the church comes and meets. That building will not be the church. You are the church. I am the church. And when we come together, we're the church. Are you with me? That's the house. And so he's saying, bring me your best and bring me the best of your first and bring it to the house. Am I preaching yet? This is the principle of first fruits. So what do we bring? We bring the best. Where do we bring it? And when do we bring it? We bring it first. Look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 12. Some of you guys know this verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I want you to hear these verses in the context of tithe. Listen to this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do, everywhere you go. He's the one. Who's the one? He's the one. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Listen, listen, it doesn't matter how much money we have in the bank when we get sick, does it? What was that movie? Um, was it The Bucket List? Was it that one? Remember that one? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He says, run to God, run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. By the way, here's the principle, ready? And I've been saying it in this whole, um, the series on paradise. Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings a curse. If you don't want the curse, then you obey. That's how it is. It's how it was. It's still how it is. Your body will glow. I don't know about you. I want my body to glow with health. In a day and age where so many people are getting sick. And I'm not saying that people that get sick, that's because they're cursed. Everyone that gets sick, they were cursed. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I, I don't want to live in disobedience and get to live longer or shorter rather on the earth because I didn't live in obedience. I don't want to do that. I want to live in such a way that God says, man, I'm going to make your body glow with health and your bones vibrate with life. Look at the next one. Honor God with everything you own. Honor. That's the principle. Honor. You honor God. You honor God when we pass around the buckets and you give the first to God. You honor him. It's not about momentum church. 
And God's all for us donating. It's Christmas time. God's all for us, man. Salvation Army over here. There's so many great nonprofits. But you don't give the tithe to the nonprofit. You bring it to the house. Because that's the Lord's. You don't say, well, I just, you know, I'm going to give some money and I can't tithe and do this. So I'm going to, you do that and you're cursed. Do you hear what I said? You do that and your finances will be cursed. You bring the best of the first to God, to the house. And the first redeems the rest. Another, I'll get there in just a minute. Hmm. Your barns, he says, give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Someone say burst. Okay, that's your finances. That's your bank account. How many would like you'd like your bank account to burst because you got too much money in there? Do you think God wants you to be poor? You think God just wants you living paycheck to paycheck? He's a good God, isn't he? You think that's what he wants for you? When 75 to 80% of American households live paycheck to paycheck, you think that's God's plan for you? I'm not saying God wants everyone to be a millionaire, but I bet you people that read the Bible and are smart and have wisdom and give to God and uh, are smart with their finances, I bet God matches them. I bet God blesses them. He says, give them the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. But don't, dear friend, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk under his loving correction. It's a child he loves that God corrects. And a father's delight is behind all of this. When I was reading this, you know why he's talking about discipline right after he's talking about money? Because when we don't trust him with our money, we get disciplined. So he's telling us, here's the good news. Trust me, give me the first and the best. But if you don't, then don't sulk when he corrects you. Because whoever God loves, he corrects. Are you with me? I'm going to give you an illustration, and we're going to stop it right there. i got four more pages. We're going to land the plane like that, like a Navy pilot, baby. Here we go. Here's an illustration. Put up Genesis 4, 3 through 5. The illustration of the first fruits is Cain and Abel. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented, notice right here, some of his crops. Some. Cain tipped God. You know how many Christians tip God? In America, 12% tithe. 12% of Christians tithe. 12%. If you got a 12% on a test, are you passing? Is the American church passing or failing? We're failing. And we wonder. And the sad thing is, is Christians get offended when you talk about money. When the truth is, Jesus talked about prayer 500 times. And he talked about faith 500 times, but he spoke 2,000 times about money and possessions. Why? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Also, Cain presented some of his crops. So Cain got the harvest. And then he said, okay, God, I'm going to give you a little bit. That didn't require faith. God doesn't want your tip. God wants your tithe. God wants you to trust him with your first. And the truth is, guys, I'm not preaching on money today. I'm not talking about finances because we want your money. It's not why we're talking about this. I'm talking about money because I love you. 
and I care about you. And I don't want your finances to be cursed. Do you know how many people I talk to them? They're like, oh, I can't afford to tithe. But I never met a tither who says I can't afford to tithe. You walk in faith and you say, God, I only got a little bit. I don't have money for six bills, but I'm going to trust you with this little bit. And I'm going to give you the first of my check when I know I don't have enough. On paper, it ain't making sense. But in faith, I'm going to do what you said and trust you to do what you said you would do. That's what faith is. Write this down. Faith, write this down. Here's the definition of faith. Faith is believing that God is who he says he is. And that he will do what he says he will do. So if you don't believe he is who he says he is, you don't got faith. If you don't believe he will do what he says he will do, you don't got faith. If the bucket comes around and you say, I I can't, you don't have faith. You're not pleasing him. But when you say, God, I don't even got enough for groceries. I got four kids. It hurts right now, God. I'm broken. I'm not only broke, I'm broken, God. I don't know how we're going to keep the heat on. But I trust you. You know what happens? Years later, God will have Apple send you a check for a phone that you dropped years ago in a toilet. God will send a company reimburse you. You don't believe me? I'm telling you the truth. My wife and I got married. First year of marriage. We're almost on year 16, our first year of marriage. And you know what happened? I didn't have money for her birthday present. Didn't have money for it. Didn't have money for a cake or or a card. It was either give God 10%, the first, or do something for my wife. How many know I didn't want to go to the doghouse? How many know if you don't get your wife a cake and a card and some type of birthday present in year one, you're screwed? How many know what I'm talking about? You hear me, Navarre? You don't want to be there, right? But you know what I did? Sunday morning came around and it hurt. And here came, we didn't have buckets, we had plates. They were shiny. And it started coming by and I wrote a check. We didn't have online giving. We didn't have cell phones. We had these cool things called beepers. And I wrote a check for $20 because my paycheck was $200. And I remember putting it in there. I remember it hurting me. I remember dropping it in there and thinking, okay, God, all I have is you. That was Sunday morning. Sunday night, I'm leaving church and a man of God, or I'm coming to church and a man of God shook my hand and said, how are you? I said, I'm good. I lied. I'm good. He said, no, I'm talking about how are you financially? How are you doing? And I wanted to be positive because I'm a positive person. I said, man, we have food in our cupboard. He said, God spoke to me. Tomorrow when you go to work, my wife's going to drop you by a check. How much was my paycheck for two weeks? 200. Thank you, sir. I see you, sir. Way to go. Yes, sir. Represent. We got a leader in the house. Yes, sir. Two weeks, $200. Tithe, $20. By the way, tithe means tenth. I gave $20 to God. Enough. Make her a cake. (laughs) That would have been painful. And get her a little card and a little gift card. And the very next morning... I was handed from that family a check for $500. Now I can tell you, yeah, clap for God. You won't clap for God. That's not for me. 
That's what God can do. Quit doing this and self-sabotaging your finances. When if you would do this, God would do this. (laughs) You don't know what to do with it? Cool, bring me another bucket. Will you believe him? Cain gave some of his crops, but Abel, verse 4, also brought a gift. The best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Why? Because he brought the best and the first. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. By the way, that was 2,500 years before the law was ever put in place. Tithing was before the law and tithing is after the law. You come back next week. I'm going to teach some more about this until we're healthy. And I'm not going to live in fear. Well, what if they don't come back? They answer to God for that. I'm not going to live in fear. That's your fault. Keep living a cursed life. Keep hitting the head on the wall and seeing how much. You don't want that. I don't want that for you. And I'm not angry. And the truth is, we are debt free. Come on, somebody put your hands together. I'm not preaching this because we need money. I'm preaching this because you need God's favor on your finances. So you ought to send me a happy email. You ought, to, you ought to say thanks for being a pastor that cares about me and my family's finances. I'm sick of being cursed. And bless God, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to give. And if it looks like there ain't a way, I'm going to trust him and believe that he will make a way. That when our family is sacrificing and we don't know what's going to happen, we're going to say, God, we believe that you are who you say you are. And we believe that you will do what you say you will do. So we're going to give a cheerful gift. Because God loves a cheerful giver. And we're going to wait for the miracle to happen. That's where we're at today. Heads bowed, eyes closed. There are people here today, you need to repent. This is not a hellfire and brimstone church. But I'm also not scared to talk about repentance. Some of you, you've known the truth and you've not done it. The Bible tells us in the book of James... That the person that knows what is right to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Some of you have been living in sin. You think, well, I'm a good guy. You know, I don't cheat on my wife. I don't have a pornography problem. I love my wife. I love my family. I'm a hard worker. But you, sir, you've been keeping your family under a curse on your finances as a Christian. If you're not a Christian, this doesn't apply to you for the curse, but the blessing would apply if you try it. If you're an atheist here today, we're glad you're here. You don't have to be like us to be loved by us. I want to challenge you, sir. I want to challenge you, ma'am, to say, you know what? I'm an atheist. I don't even believe in God. I'm going to prove once and for all God's a God. This is not even true. Why don't you try tithing? You might believe in God. For many of you, I want to thank you because you have been faithful. You're that 12%. Every week you do what you do. And that's what enables us to do what we do. Because of your faithfulness. And so I wasn't preaching to you. I hope you learned a few things. I hope it strengthened you. hope it encouraged you. Thank you. But there are other people in here. You've not. No, no, no. You just give God just a little bit. You just tip them. It'd be like going to Jackson's. 
going to Ruth Chris, eating a most amazing meal, leaving $5 on the table, forgetting the bill, and walking out. You just tip God every week. God ain't impressed with your tip. He don't want it. Put it in a mutual fund. God wants your tithe. He wants the best and your first. And I tell you this because I love you. How many people say today, come on, let's just confess our faults one to another that we might be healed. That's the word of the living God. How many say today, Tim, I repent. I've been living in sin in this area. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe you did know you weren't doing it. You say, Tim, as for me and my house today, I'm drawing a line in the sand and saying we are going to trust God with our finances. And I don't care if I lose my job this next week. And let me just tell you this. You're going to get tested once you say you're going to do it. The Lord is going to see if you're if you have integrity. But I promise you, if you stay the course, you'll see he stays the course. And you'll have some stories, crazy God stories to tell. How many say, Tim, I've been living in sin today. I repent. I repent of my sin. I need God to forgive me. And from here on out, I'm going to do what's right. And I'm going to bring my first and best to God. And I prayed for you today. I prayed that your pride won't keep you from raising your hand. How many raise your hand right now and say, Tim, I repent. You raise your hand all over, all over this house. All over this house. Who else? There are many hands raised. Who else? There's still time. Who else? You want to repent, right? You want to look at God. You want to meet him with nothing between you and him, right? Lord, I, Lord, this isn't, I'm not counting hands here. I'm not getting a bonus on how many hands are raised. This is, you raise your hand to God. Raise it up high to God. Raise it up high to God. God, it's me. It's me, and I repent. And it's a new day for me in my house. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you will do what you say you'll do. If you tell me that my 90% blessed will be more than my 100% cursed, I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to walk this way. You can put your hands down. Thank you. God, I pray over these people. Give them the courage. And I don't have to ask you to bless them. You already said you would. So I just want to say you're an awesome God. And I can't wait till these stories start rolling in in their lives. And they're like, whoa, you won't believe this, what God did. Then our church will be alive with fresh God stories. In just a minute, we're going to pray. Pastor Alex is going to come up in Navarre. In just a minute, as we go into this invitation. Let's pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray right now for those people who are here today. They're unclean. They've never been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Would today they cross the line of faith, accept you as their Savior, and pass from death to life. There are people here today. Listen, the gospel is simple. We're sinners. We've all messed up. We've sinned, some of us. More than others, I would be in the more than others group. We've done our own thing. We've stiff-armed God. And our sin put a chasm between us and God. That's why Jesus died to gap or to bridge the gap, to cross the great divide. And he spread out his arms. And he connected with sinful man. And in the other hand, he connected with holy God. And Jesus is the way to God. His blood was shed as a perfect lamb that his blood would be what was shed once for all and the payment would be in full. 
and you get saved the same way that they did back at the Passover by applying the blood to, to your life. And then one day the death angel will pass over you and you'll be in the presence of God, not away from him for eternity in a place we called hell. It's real. If you need Jesus today, listen, you don't have to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I, I, listen, if we could wrap our minds around God, how small would he be? But if you believe that he loves you and died for you, and if you will humble yourself in this moment and call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says you'll be saved. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He paid your sin mortgage in full. And if you will accept the gift he has for you today, He'll make you clean because 2,000 years ago, the clean was sacrificed for the unclean. And the spotless lamb died so you and I could be made clean. We could be redeemed. How many say, Tim, I need him today? Maybe you have religion. Maybe you're an atheist, but you know God is in this place. He's working on your heart and you say yes to God today. You say, I want to say yes to him to his love and everything that goes with it. Would you, would you raise your hand right now? Awesome. Then with heads bowed and eyes closed, I see you, sir. I see you, sir. I see you. Then right now, I want to lead you in the sinner's prayer. I see you, ma'am. I want you to pray to God right now. You can put your hands down. I want you to ask God right now to save you. I can't do it. I'm a sinner. He can. Church, we'll pray it out loud together to encourage those who pray it for the first time. Here we go. Dear Jesus, I repent of my sin. I need a Savior. Thank you for dying for me. Shedding your blood to pay for my sin. I receive your sacrifice, your blood to pay for my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that on the third day, you rose again, defeating sin, death, and hell I receive your love today and all that goes with it thank you Jesus now teach me how to live in Jesus name amen